Welcome to the Cam and T Podcast, the ultimate destination for all sports and popular culture. I am your co-host, Tony West. And I'm your co-host, Cam. I'm thrilled to be your guide through the exhilarating intersection of sports and the entertainment world. For the latest game-changing moments on the field, even into the hottest trends of music, movies, and more, we've got you covered. Each episode, we finna dive into the thrilling highlights, untold stories, and the captivating behind-the-scenes secrets that make both sports and pop culture so irresistible. So whether you're a sports fanatic, a popular culture guy, or somewhere in between, get in and join us on this adrenaline-pumping journey through the best of both worlds. This is the Cam and T Podcast. Let's enjoy the action. What's good, everybody? It is your boy, Tony T. Tom West, back at it again with another episode of the Cam and T Podcast with my co-host and y'all's co-host as well, Cam, man. What's going on, brother? How you doing? What's good, bro? I'm good. Chilling, man. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, bro. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm yeah. just... Bro, I'm kind of at that point of summer now, man. I'm just ready for sports, bro. Like, I'm ready for yeah. real sports to be back. I'm ready right. for, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, I'm ready, bro. Like, I'm so tired of just, you know, just the mundaneness of July. Like, I honestly hate this month because sports-wise, there is nothing going on. Because right. sports-wise, you got to think about it. You know, in the month of July, most of the time, there's not even baseball going on like that for a good bit of time because they have the All-Star game. That takes, like, off a week, too. So there's yeah. literally nothing on TV right now that I'm really interested in watching. So I think we're like a week away or maybe a week and a half away from the Hall of Fame game, which basically mm-hmm. lets me know we are close to having we're a season, there. bro. So we we getting there, man. We're but, yeah, I'm just kind of ready. I'm just kind of ready for the season to get going, bro, honestly. That's really where for I'm sure. at, man. At for this sure. Point. It's a- it's a slow time, man. Like we said last week, it's just slow right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's exciting though, man, because uh, training camp starts next week. So, yeah. um, or does it start this week actually? For some teams, week. it started this week. I think like the Jets started this week. Yeah. Um, a couple teams, Kansas City, I think started today. Um, yeah. And Justin Ross is getting first. I don't know if you've seen that. Justin Ross is getting first team reps right yeah. now. I seen I seen your him. tweets about it, man. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm happy for him, man. It's he, you know, he he should have been, he would have been. I feel like at least, you know, a top two or three drafted wide receiver in his class if he was healthy. So yeah, um, it's really no, good to I see agree. him, uh, see him, see him get out there and and get in, you know, get in shape, get healthy and everything. But yeah, man, yeah, I'm excited yeah. though, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Next week we will not be having a podcast, you guys. We're actually gonna be in Spartanburg. Um, on the 29th, so next Saturday, we'll be in Spartanburg. We'll be shooting a lot of TikTok content, social media content, podcast content out there. So there will not be a podcast show next weekend. And then we'll be back the following week because that'll be the first week of, like, preseason games. So we'll yeah. definitely be back that week. Um, but, yeah, we will be in Spartanburg. I think somebody actually in the comments here just said that they'll be in Spartanburg on the 29th as well, um, you know, yeah. watching the Panthers and stuff like that. And we'll be out there. So if y'all see us, man. Come say, hey, me and Cal be out there shooting content together. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be a part uh, on TikTok or on YouTube, because this will be going on there, let us know, man. We'll definitely, you know, we'll have some questions for you guys that we can ask. And it's going to be fun, man. So we're yep. really 
excited about next week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Football is really here. We'll get to get a first glance at Bryce Young. Uh, so that's going to be fun, man. I'm really excited. So um, yeah. kind of want to talk about what the show is going to look like today, man. So today we're going to talk about the whole, probably the biggest issue in, in, in sports right now is these NFL running backs not getting paid. We're going to talk about that. That's going to pretty much take a, a majority of the podcast today, most likely. Then we're going to talk about NIL. Is NIL good for college athletics? Is it is it really good for college sports? Let's just be flat out honest. And how does it affect the day-to-day in college sports? Let's talk about that as well. Then we'll do our draft at the end of the podcast. We always do. Oh, one more thing. I want to talk about Steph Curry, too. He just dropped a, mm-hmm. a documentary on Apple TV that's called, um, like, Underrated or something like that. Yeah. A lot of people gave it backflash. So we'll talk about that briefly. And then we'll go into our last segment, which is our drafts. Y'all have loved the drafts. Y'all have blew it up on Twitter and, and TikTok. Everybody loves our drafts. So we'll do that. And let's talk about. Um, let's talk about Bryce Young's contract too. Yeah, Bryce Young's contract. Uh, yeah, 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 we'll bring that up. Sign. He just later. signed. Yeah, because he just signed <laughs> as well. So we'll definitely talk about a little bit of Bryce Young too. We actually might start off with that and then jump into yeah. the um because I completely forgot about it. that's a good point. So yeah. we'll talk about Bryce Young's contract a little bit, and then like I said, we'll end it off with a draft at the end of the day. Uh, we are gonna be drafting our running backs, man. So we're gonna be drafting NFL running backs right now. And I won the draft last week, so I'll be starting off this week with the draft again. We'll be drafting our top five running backs on each side, so 10 running backs in total. So that'll be interesting, and we'll see what happens from there. But let's go ahead and jump into it. You just brought it up. Bryce Young just signed a contract. Was that on Friday? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, yeah, Bryce Bryce Young just signed a contract on Friday. Um, You know, once again, I mean, well-deserved. Uh, 37.9 million, I think fully guaranteed. Fully I don't know guaranteed. if we've ever seen a fully guaranteed rookie contract. I, I, I don't think yeah. I have at least. So this might be the it, first one we've ever this might be the first I know, one we've ever a fully guaranteed I know, uh, I know Bijan got one for this year. Okay. He also got a fully guaranteed. But I, I don't think they they're not they don't they're not really common, I don't think it's not common, um, yeah. To my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, especially for a rookie. Um I don't yeah. think it's very common to have <laughs> You know, yeah. a rookie already, you know, um, getting fully a big contract, a fully guaranteed yeah. contract. So Bryce Young inked this deal, 37.9, million sign-up bonus. Um, and we're going to see him next week, next Saturday in Spartanburg. Um, yeah. I mean, th- he's the number one pick. He was the number one pick for a reason. You can really argue he was the two, you know, he was one of the better players in college football really last year, and he was the best player the year before. Um mm-hmm. How do you feel about Bryce Young just in, in general, man? I know I'll give my spill after you, but how do you feel about Bryce Young? How do you feel about the contract? Um, ultimately, man, you know, I think it's, it's well-deserved. You know, I think with him being, you know, the future of the franchise and him really – I mean, it seems like everything that's been said going throughout minicamp, you know, I mean, Brian Burns gassing him up and he's the best player on the team. You know what I'm saying? The coaches are already saying that, you know, he's – to start he's going to be the starter went ahead and gave him the job seemed like two days after he even stepped foot in um you know on the on the practice field and everything so um it's it's, it's looking good for us in carolina that you know they believe and trust in bryce young so much he's starting to wow people um his leadership is something that everybody's talking about so it's well deserved a lot of money um you know shout out to him for you know basically he's got 
I mean, he's set for life now already with that fully yeah. guaranteed contract. So it's really good for him, man, to get that, uh, you know, almost $40 million just sitting in the bank account. Um, I think he said, what, 20-something, 27 million yeah. Yeah, uh, signing bonus or something like that? Yeah, 20, I think 24 million uh, guarantee, which I think pretty much, I mean, I think every rookie quarterback that's the first overall pick normally gets around like 24 million. Uh, right. Immediately, as soon as they sign. Right. So as right. soon as he signed that paper on Friday, twenty-four million went into his account. If it didn't right. go in there Friday, it's gonna go in there tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, right. Monday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so he's um, gonna be a very, very rich man, and either already sure. or you know, in a couple hours. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, I think it's good, man. Ultimately, um, I just think it's, you know, like I said, it's a lot of money. Um, you know, he's gonna go out there. I think he's gonna earn a lot more, you know, over these next four years, probably. Um, he got uh, my man right here, Ethan said that he got a bright uh, a deal with Bojangles, so that's huge. Yeah. You know, all Panthers quarterbacks seem to have a a, a deal with Bojangles, so it's yeah. kind of nice that he's uh, you know, he's getting that. And you know, it's just nice to see, man. It's nice to kind of have hope at least from the quarterback yeah. position, um, in the Carolinas. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Bryce Young, well deserved. Um, I you know, I was excited with the pick when we made the pick. Um, I think he once again, is one of the better quarterbacks in college football. Um, I think the year before he was the best quarterback in college football. And Bryce Young, I mean, he he deserved to be the number one pick. I don't think nobody really knocks that or denies that. Even with his size, I don't think nobody looked at the film and said, okay, this guy should nowhere near be the top pick in the draft. I think everybody kind of right. expected him to be, you know, one or two. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, big deal. Um, obviously, like Ethan just said, I like that he's embracing Carolina, like mm -hmm. coming in immediately, signing the Bojangles. Like if you from North Carolina or Carolina period, you know how folks feel about Bojangles. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a sentimental place to us. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that he came in automatically and did that, I, I really like how Bryce is just embracing the culture and embracing, you know, all of what Charlotte has. Charlotte is a great sports city. Um, and it's in that, city and that you know state of north carolina and, and south carolina as well they're going to support you when you win and i think bryce young is going to pretty much do that immediately when he gets to carolina mm -hmm. he's going to be an immediate impact he's already been named quarterback one i think this guy has a really bright future and like i said i think the contract is well deserved i wouldn't be surprised and you know four or five years from now we're talking about this guy being a top 10 quarterback in our league um, yeah. so, you know, that's, that's really the goal for him and should be the goal for the Panthers. So I'm really excited about Bryce Young and I definitely think he deserves this contract. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, really excited. I think the, the Panthers rookies just got down to training camp yesterday, I believe. Um, so he just got down there, new ink deal. So we're glad to see that. Glad everybody is signed now before training day. We didn't have any Nick Bosa situations going on or nothing like that. <laughs> so just glad that's going on. So Let's go ahead and jump into our next subject, which is probably going to be the main subject of the day. Let's talk about these running backs. Running backs not yeah. getting paid in 2023. This would have been crazy to say 20 years ago that running backs were not getting paid. But <laughs> yeah. paid, you know what I'm saying? Really, even 15 yeah. years ago, it would have been crazy to say that. Yeah. Um, but you have a situation now where Josh Jacobs didn't get a contract. Saquon Barkley, who was really the face of the Giants, I would think as of right now, and really mm -hmm. their main, you know, obstacle when it comes to moving the offense, moving the ball, he is the guy. You know what I'm saying? He's pretty much their offense. They don't have any weapons at wide receiver. They just got Darren Waller, but last year they didn't even have him. I still think Daniel Jones is a bottom 20 
Court, uh, I mean, I, th- I think he's like a bottom starter, bottom tier starter. Even though he had a better year last year, I would probably put him around like 22, 23, somewhere in that ballpark as far as ranking. Um, and Saquon Barkley doesn't get paid, um, which, you know, he like I say, he's the heart of that team. Now, yeah. these running backs have now came together, and I, you brought up something before we even got on air that I didn't even know about. They create this group chat, and I'll let you explain that a little further. Pretty much saying we're fed up, that we're not being yeah. valued. Um, when you look at guys like Christian McCaffrey, right? He might be the last one that got a big deal that's going yeah, that's gonna ever get it for real. Um, I don't really think anybody else that's a running back is gonna be getting those type of deals. Um, so for me, I'll just go ahead and put my point out here now. Do I feel remorseful for running backs right now? Yes, I do. I feel bad for running right now. I'm not gonna lie to you. I really do feel bad for running backs. But are the teams correct on what they're doing? Yes. Yes. In my opinion, yes. I'm not going to pay a running back that's going to be hurt by the age. You got to think about it. These running backs take ground. They get pounded into the dirt in college even. So when Mm -hmm. they get NFL, they're already in their really athletic prime at that point. Mm -hmm. It's a 21, 22, somewhere in that area. When they get to 27, most of the time they're cooked. Most of the day, if you're not built like Derrick Henry, who's really built like a linebacker, you are <laughs> hooked yeah. at that point. So for me, I don't see the need to give you a second contract for four or five years that's going to be a multi-million dollar deal. When I know from probably the age of 27 to 30, you're going to be pretty much at the IR card the whole time. I don't see the need to pay running backs money when there's a dime a dozen of them. Look at the draft last year, for example. Isaiah Pacheco was drafted in the seventh round. Seventh round. You can go get another Isaiah Pacheco next year in the draft. Yeah. You can do it again the year after that. I mean, that's just the facts. And then this person right here just said a person. He said what I was going to say. They should have negotiated a better CBA. I 100% agree. 100%. Even if running backs have to have their own like salary cap that's away from the team. Like I know they were talking about doing that for quarterbacks at one point, but if they do that for running backs maybe, they should have negotiated that. I 100% agree with this. They they your loss, unfortunately. Yeah. Like it's it's jacked up and I do feel bad for running backs. I want to make this clear again. They I, I do feel bad for them, but at the same time I don't. Like I'm just not going to overpay for some running back that's probably going to be on the injury cart the whole time. Look at all the available running backs right now. Dalvin Cook, a tremendous running back, still available. I know he gets a lot of slander. Ezekiel Elliott, still pretty decent running back. Nobody's yeah. looking at him. Leonard Fournette, decent average to above average running back. Nobody wants to touch him with a 10-foot pole. It's just everybody knows the writing on the wall now. Yeah. It's this is the method, and this has always been my method. You draft a running back. The year after that, you don't draft a running back. When that running back that you just drafted is going into that third year, go ahead and draft another running back. Right. Because they're going to want to get paid that next year. You get to that next year, and you say goodbye. I, I, I know that's jacked up. I know you're like, Tony, that's jacked up. But that's just the way I, I think they're right. 
Like, honestly, yeah. I, I think they're right, bro. Like, the teams are right for doing that because we've seen the injury history. Paying running backs have not panned out but, like, once or twice in recent history. Derrick Henry, and that's because he's built like a freaking linebacker. And then, you know, Christian McCaffrey now seems to be kind of – exactly, and that's even shaking. Yeah. Now he seems to be turning the corner since he's in a new system, a new – environment but we know his history in carolina you know it's just it's it, it's jacked up i know it sounds like this guy just said it right here that's heartless but that's the game bro <laughs> unfortunately like that's how like it you and i hate to say it you shouldn't have played running back bro you yeah it's just, it, it sounds horrible i know but it just it is what it is i'll let yeah. you go ahead man yeah i mean i i see what you're saying um the 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 call that we was that you had mentioned earlier so it was a zoom call uh austin eckler had organized organized it and um according to this list right here um so it, it was attended by saquon barkley derrick henry josh jacobs jonathan taylor christian mccaffrey tony pollard nick chubb Najee harris aaron jones joe mixon and jk dobbins um and so they were basically talking about their declining market um and pretty much, man, it, it's it's really sad when you when you look at it. I'm the same boat as you. I feel bad for these running backs because a lot of them, especially you just mentioned Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's the best player on his team, you know, bar none, to be honest with you, or at least on the offensive side of the ball, for sure. Um, he's the face of the Giants. Like you said, he's probably the main catalyst for them getting into the playoffs. Um, you know, you mentioned Daniel Jones. Typically, your quarterback is your face of your franchise, your, your offensive catalyst, you know what I'm saying, your leader. But everybody knows that they could have probably did a whole lot better if they had a different quarterback. You know what I mean? If they had somebody better um, to go along with Saquon Barkley. They didn't have any wide receivers. Um, and so, really, Saquon is really their only offensive weapon, right? Their only offensive focal point. And so, you know, it, it is really sad that they didn't come to an agreement with him. I understand the in injury history and everything, but I feel like, you know, in turn, you know, in, in my opinion, I think you have to pay, you know, who you have, right? They paid Daniel Jones and he only threw for 15 touchdowns, right? Um, but why can you pay for Saquon Barkley, somebody who was one of the league's top rushers, you know what I mean? Somebody who basically accounted for a lot of the offensive yards that the New York Giants had. Um, and really, I'm a boil it, I'm gonna break it down in terms of contracts. I know you talked about it earlier. A little bit you said you know you 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 kind of um you know as a running back you know they're kind of losing that market value so really it seems like the last running backs that got paid were christian mccaffrey derrick henry and alvin kamara and i believe that was all in 2020 and um they got some ridiculous contract value um in there and they got a lot of money and guaranteed money but guess who i want you to take a guess on who the fourth uh highest Guaranteed paid running back is right now in the NFL. Let's take a while. Uh, is it Miles Sanders? Nope. But he's up there though. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of value, but he's not in terms of guaranteed money. He's not up there. Okay, let me go. I'm thinking somebody injury prone. Am I? Am I close? Mm -mm. Okay, so no. So, so Derrick Henry. Nope. So he's top three, but number four is actually. Bijan Robinson, the rookie. Oh so wow! He, they, yeah, so they went ahead. So he got his money up front. He got yeah. twenty-one million dollars, almost twenty-two million dollars, fully guaranteed in his contract. 
And so that makes him essentially the fourth, I guess, earning quarter uh, running back in terms of his guaranteed money. So he's got all his money. It's all there. And I personally think that the Falcons are kind of smart with that because they've kind of gone ahead and said, hey, we're going to pay you now. We're letting you know that we're going to work you like a dog, brother. Yeah. Like you're yeah. going you gonna to get you getting paid because we're going to actually use you like how the Carolina Panthers use McCaffrey and how the Giants use Saquon. We're going to run your wheels off and you're going to yeah. get your money now. And if you survive the end of your contract, you know, they might pay him. They might not. But they're making sure he get his money now. And I think that's kind of a smart thing to do, especially when you have a safe bet like B. John Robinson. Like, we know he's going to probably touch the ground and be probably one of the top 10 running backs in the NFL this, this upcoming season. You know what I mean? I think it's I think it's kind of a safe bet to go ahead and say that just because of how highly touted he was coming out of college, yeah. similar to how Saquon Barkley was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the market, man, it's, it's getting sad, man. I mean, in terms of value, you know what I mean? Uh, Alvin Kamara right now is the highest paid running back in the league in terms of value. Um, in terms of annual value is Christian McCaffrey, of course. Um, and they're they're utilized in a certain way to where now, you know, with the 49ers, McCaffrey's, you know, there, there's other, there's other running backs behind him that get touches. Right. Instead of in Carolina, where he was the only one getting work like and I believe it was 2019. He took 98 percent of snaps for the offense. Ridiculous. And as a running back, you get hit every single play. So that means right. he got hit 98 percent of plays that the, that the Carolina Panthers ran in, in that year. Um, Alvin Kamara. He's getting paid a lot, but we, as we know, he doesn't run the ball a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, if, if I'm not mistaken, he's never had a thousand yard rushing season. He has never had a thousand. Because, I just found that out the other day ago. He has never had yeah, a thousand yard rushing season. Right, but it's because they use other running backs. They always bring in somebody that can, you know, give him a break. You know what I mean? So that way, he's available on third down. And he's available late in the season. Derrick Henry, we already know what he's like. You already said it. he's built like a, a, a linebacker. He can take those hits. He's starting to wind down now, but he's still one of the top backs in the in the NFL. But then after that, I mean, you got a lot of running backs who are really looking for um for that check. You know, Josh Jacobs, like you mentioned earlier, led the league in rushing last year. Didn't get a contract. That's insane to me. You know what I mean? Especially for the uh the Raiders, who I mean, you have Devontae Adams, you just lost Darren Waller, you just lost your quarterback and brought in Jimmy G, who's probably a little bit worse than uh than Derek Carr, I would say. And so now you kind of, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you should have probably paid Josh Jacobs that money, um, especially considering that he doesn't have um, an extensive injury history like a lot of these other running backs do. So I'm with you, man. I think, you know, the market is, I think it's sad for running backs right now. Um, I think they should be paid in a way that is, you know, that that's that's feasible with the cap. I agree with what you said earlier that, you know, maybe for the next CBA, that they can probably negotiate something that says they get paid outside of the salary cap because you do need a running back, even though you might not need a good one. If you have a good one, you need to pay him. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so I just think that, you know, it's okay to pay running backs, but you just have to do it in a way that it's not strapping your cap. Right. Um, And um, I think a lot of these running backs, you know, I think they understand that too. Um, it, but it's just tough because I think a lot of teams are starting to wake up to the idea that um, the passing game in the NFL is really what's, what's king right now. Um, and so that's really the main reason why these running backs aren't getting paid because when they get used, they get used up. They end up getting injured. But every team is always looking for that quarterback anyway, right? 
And right. so they'd rather spend the resources on the quarterback and surrounding that quarterback with wide receivers, tight ends, people that are going to actually help him um, rather than paying a running back who needs to eat his touches to gain it, to earn his money. So, right. yeah, yeah it's mean, a tough market, man. Yeah, it is. It's tough. And like I said, I'm not trying to sound like a heartless person or anything like that, but it, that's just where we're at right now. And also, mm-hmm. as well, too, I did some more research. We really haven't had an elite running back win a Super Bowl since Marshawn, like, Lynch. Like, it's been yeah, since, like, 2014. Like, yeah, 10 years if ago. You go back and look through the last 10 or so, you know, championship winning teams that have won, have won the ship. The last team that had a elite running back to win a chip was the 2000 and, and what 13 or 14? 13. Seattle yeah. Seahawks. That was the last one. They were the last team that had an elite running back. So even with that, that's not really helping the running backs' causes because you look at the Chiefs, they do the whole running back by committee thing. They got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, they got uh McKinnon. What's my other guy? They got uh Pacheco. Pacheco. They got those guys, so they can kind of mix it up a little bit. A lot of these teams now are doing running back by committee. So if they're not mm. doing a mainstay running back anymore like it used to be, or like a, you know, this is our three-down back. Nobody's really doing right. that anymore. Um, right. So I think that's another reason that the running backs are just really kind of taking L's in this whole situation because, for one, you're not really producing, like, championship wins for us honestly right and on top of that if we could just get three three of these guys to do the one job that you're doing and we'll pay them less than you as one person we'll just do that we'll just do that that's just the easiest way to do it and this guy said it perfectly we lost christian mccaffrey as panther fans we lost christian mccaffrey and the run game got better the Panthers have the top five run running you know game last year and we all know that christian mccaffrey is better than deontay foreman don't get me wrong deontay foreman is a good guy but running backs are easy replaceable jordan pool season you you hit it on the nail bro that's right where i'm at with it it's it's just that's just the way things are right now unfortunately for the running backs unfortunately for them that's just that's where things stand right now and until the game revolts back to a running game Type situation which I do not think it will. Um, but if it ever does, I mean, then running backs will be back in play. But as of right now, I just don't see it happening for running backs as far as going long term and getting big contracts. I just don't see it happening no more, bro. In my opinion, not at all, not at all, man. I agree. I think, um, I wanted to pull up a picture, man. I had it, you said it uh, just a minute ago, like a lot of times they're replacing one running back with a committee. Um, yep. and I just, and I was going to bring up the point about the Eagles of what they did. Yeah. And I they seen replaced, that they had like, uh, like four running backs, five, it was five. five running backs. They didn't even equal up to one of Miles Sanders contract. Sanders. Seen, yeah. And the running backs they had on there were pretty straight. They had Swift, Boston Scott, uh, uh, Game which is a really good back. Like, that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying, bro. Guys, are they're not paying running backs no more like that, bro. It's just what it yeah. is. It's unfortunate. But, like, mm-hmm. if I had a son right now and he said, I want to play football, running back is not an option. It's right. just, it's just for, for me personally, it's not an art. It's, it's not a, it's not an option. And like this guy, he said it perfectly, man. Like, honestly, having multiple running backs 
may be even better than having a star like Christian McCaffrey because yeah. they have their different styles. They have their different ways. They, they run the ball. They have their both. They all have unique, um, you know, abilities that they, they can pull out that one running back, one running back, maybe a ground and pound guy. One guy might be a twitchy guy. One guy might be a speed guy. So you have them for different situations. That's another mm-hmm. reason I think the running back for committee thing is amazing, honestly. Um, so that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I think you need to be drafting a running back every other year, personally. Yeah, and it, I don't it, know if it, you remember. No, that's just me. I, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if you remember. Uh, this was, this was uh, 2021. This was our last season. This was last season. Um, yeah. first couple of games of the season when Dan Orlovsky basically broke down our offense and basically said, when Christian McCaffrey lines up here, this is what they're doing. When he lines yep. up here, this is what they're doing. And he basically exposed the entire Panthers offense just like that. Um, and I feel like that was one of the unraveling points um, in Matt Rule's tenure because it was so predictable when you have Christian McCaffrey on the field all the time. Like, you can basically just watch him and understand, like, where the offense is going. If he's lined up in the backfield, might be a run. If he's lined up next to the quarterback, it's probably a pass. It was something simple and crazy that, you know, that you can't, you know, if you have a running back by committee, you can kind of get around that because they might see, you know, for example, with the Eagles, they might see DeAndre Swift in the backfield, right? And they might think it's a run, but really it's a pass. Or they might see Boston Scott on the field and be thinking it's a pass, but in terms of, it turns out it's actually a run, right? And right. so, like you said, in terms of the committee, so the Eagles got DeAndre Swift for 1.8 mil, which is insane to me. They got Rashad Penny for 1.4 mil, which is also insane to me. Boston Scott making the most out of all of them for 2 mil. Trey Sermon making 1.1 mil, and then Kenny Gainwell making less than a mil. And it and it equals up to seven point two million, which is exactly what Miles Sanders is making in a year. So right. it's the crazy it's it's crazy how they got all those running backs, five pretty good running backs, if you ask me, they can all get the job done. And the Panthers are paying, you know, Miles Sanders, who is a good running back in my opinion, by the way, but um they're paying him seven point two million dollars, you know, to basically get the job done that five running backs that you can do pay for cheap can get done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it's a declining market, man. It's tough, man. And I hope I hope something comes out of it to where, you know, the teams are um well re- first and foremost that the running backs are happy and then the teams aren't really um damaging their cap trying to keep one or two guys. Um I hope something some kind of uh compromise or um, you know, uh middle let me, ground. Let me ask you a question, Cam, to stay on this topic mm-hmm. a little bit. Do you think we're seeing the end of the running back position? I'm I'm gonna tell you why I say that. Because you remember, I don't know if you remember or not, but in the early 2000s, fullbacks used to be a thing. H-backs <laughs> yeah. used to be a thing. Where are they at now? Gone. Most yeah. teams don't even keep an H-back on their team anymore. So no. I wonder now with this becoming a pass-heavy you know, league and a pass-heavy game, are people starting to just go to more like five-wide type situations? Yeah. From now, I just wonder in a couple of years, will the running back position be almost somewhat annihilated? Yeah, uh, that's I, kind of why, especially with so many scrambling quarterbacks now. To where right, that's yeah. also another thing that's hurting running backs is now these quarterbacks can run; they can mm-hmm. develop their own running threat. So that's another thing that's kind of hurting running backs from getting that bag. So my question to you, I guess, is like. Do you think the running back position will go extinct in the cup in the coming years? 
No, I don't think so because I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, football was always kind of it, it really started with running the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like I just had, I just find it a really hard for them to totally annihilate running the ball in, in football. Um, I think you still need to run the ball. For example, if you have a lead, like that's really where running the ball comes into play. Like if you have a lead, a huge lead, you got to run the clock out somehow, right? Um, and you don't want to run your quarterback 20, 25 times a game and get him hurt and busted up and injured. Um, so I think you're always going to have a need for running backs. Now, fullback was a different thing because you didn't the, – the, the game evolved so much to where running the ball – you didn't have to use your fullback. You could use your halfback, which right. are, you know, today's running backs, right? And so um, so I feel like the game is just going to evolve to the point to where instead of, you know, running back being, you know, in a, a pivotal part of the, you know, of the game plan, I think you're going to see something more like kind of what the Eagles did in the Super Bowl this year. Miles Sanders was, you know, leaned on heavily in the regular season. And then when you got to the Super Bowl, kind of Jalen Hurts became quarterback and running back pretty much. Um, I think more teams are going to start doing that. Now they lost the Super Bowl, but more teams are going to start doing that to where, like you said, where you have your quarterback who can scramble, who can run, um, design reads, all of that, RPOs, uh, what's it called, um, options. You're going to see a lot more of that moving forward at the quarterback position to where the running back position is almost like, you know, on the back burner, but they're still going to be needed. You know what I'm saying? You're still going to need a running back to change the pace. And if you have a lead in the game, um, then it's, it's always going to be necessary. So I don't think it's going to ever go in extinct, but um, I do think the positional value is going to diminish to the point to where we're looking at running back almost as kind of like having a kicker where you can just replace yeah. them every year. Yeah. Um, if you, you know what I'm saying? Um, if you don't have like one of those elite guys that you just have to keep, um, I think running back is going to be like that where you can just replace them every year. Yeah, man, I absolutely agree. I, I don't think it will go completely extinct, but I do think it's diminishing quickly. Um, yeah. Especially, like I said, with all the passing options now, you have now created the RPO. It's just I don't think that, you know, running backs will be as valuable. And I hate to say it, you're going to see a lot of more running backs probably complaining coming soon because <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think the, this contract thing is going to change. Um, in my personal opinion, that sucks. That does yeah. suck for them. Don't get me wrong; it, it does stink. And but that's just that's where we're at now, man. Unfortunately yeah. for them, that's just kind of where we're at. Before we move on to the next subject, man, I want to say shout out to y'all, man, on YouTube. We got up to uh, seventy-five subscribers now, man. So we jumped up like ten subscribers in a week. Uh, so shout out to you guys, man. Continue to follow our YouTube page. Um, so we're definitely using that a lot more. TikTok, y'all know the, the vibes. Just. Follow our social media pages, man. We appreciate y'all for that. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give y'all a shout-out on YouTube because y'all really have ran it up. We had our first video that went over 300-plus views the other day ago. So that was nice. So just want to say shout-out to y'all that's using YouTube. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, I'm just excited about what we're building here. People are starting to really see what we're doing. And we appreciate yeah. the love and support, man. Y'all don't know how much that means to us. Um, so I just wanted to stop for a minute and say that. Um, but, yeah, man, let's go ahead. And kind of transition a little bit. Before we transition, though, do you see what Dabo is doing in the recruiting ranks right now? Yeah, Dabo man. I see looking. Yeah. It seemed like uh it seemed like something always happens. It slows down and then Clemson makes a huge splash 
that kind of picks everything back up. So it's really good, man. It's it's nice to see. I'm excited for the future of the program. Just all these top guys coming in, five stars, four stars, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I, I, I like it. I think it's new to be honest yeah. with you to uh to kind of see because I feel like um I think you tweeted out um yesterday you said, you know, um, you know, Dabo's not really going for these types of a certain type of player anymore. Yeah. Seems like he's going for the cream of the crop, the best of the best now. Right. Um, yeah. And I like that, man. I like that. I think that's what you got to do. We talked about it a little bit last week, but that's what you got to do to move forward into the future with your program. You can't keep, you know, staying in your own ways. You got to keep trying new things. And so I really do like what they're doing, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I just – I know we about to get into the NIL stuff now, but Dabo is doing a tremendous job on the recruiting trail right now. I mean, he signed Sammy Brown, what, a month ago? Probably mm-hmm. top linebacker in the country, a lot of people would say, or even number two, maybe. Then also as well, he got Brian Westco out of the state of Texas. A lot of people <laughs> say he's probably the third best court or wide receiver in the country uh right now. Some say number two behind Jeremiah Smith. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's electric. Then yesterday he went back to the state of Texas again and got Corey Gibson, top like 70 player in the in the country, um, coming from Texas. I mean, Dabo is going crazy um like recruiting wise man so i want to give him a quick shout out man because yeah i mean he's he's been going in man so i, got, I definitely wanted to give clemson a little love because they've been turning up on the, on the you know the recruiting yeah. for sure man they've been doing some real serious work but that gets into my next point is nil let's talk about nil a little bit um this week we had sec media days next week we'll have acc media days so that's going to be interesting. We'll cover that the week after, you know, we get back from the uh, Spartanburg situation. But pretty much he's been saying what Dabble has said for years. He's been saying what Saban has said for years and many other coaches have said for years that they feel like NIL is hindering the game. It's changing the way the game is played. And he even admitted he's – Lane Kiffin admitted he uses NIL. He's used the transfer portal to help his team get better. So I do appreciate him admitting, I'm not going to lie, I use it too. But he's pretty much saying that he feels like NIL and, and the transfer portal has ruined a lot of college athletics and mainly college football. Um, mm-hmm. I, and me and you were kind of talking about this last night. We were talking about how how does that work with, with certain players? Like say you're a three-star recruit, are you going to get NIL bad? Like, what happens with that? So I guess my question, and I'll kind of start it off, is is NIL really good for college sports? In in my opinion, I'm going to give you two answers here. One, I'm going to say yes, because I do feel like college players should be paid for their image and likeness. I do not deny that. I don't think – I I think people take what Dabo said wrong. Dabo said if they start paying these players – as employees of the university, he would quit. But NIL, he's always been for that. Always. And I think Dabo got taken out of context when he said that. But NIL, to me, name, energy, and likeness, they should be paid for that. Absolutely. There shouldn't be a question for that. You should be paid for your name, image, and likeness. Hell, if me and Cam, when we blow up, because we're going to go ahead and claim that in the name of Jesus, <laughs> when we blow up on this podcast and somebody want to use our name image and likeness we want a check nothing's yeah. wrong with that you should want get your check for somebody using something of you you know what i'm right. saying that's nothing wrong with that but i think the reason that it's negative is because now 
colleges are changing. It's already been this way anyway. It's just been under the rug. They're using mm-hmm. this as pay to play. So, for example, you had a situation last year with the Florida quarterback, uh, Jaden Rashada, right? Well, he's supposed to get $13 million from, from Florida, allegedly. It came time to pay up. They didn't have nothing for him. So you're going to see a lot of situations like that happening with this whole NIL stuff, too, that I think is bad for the game. Because now he came from being Florida to, I think he's now Arizona State because his dad played there or something like that. And he's probably going to be in the portal again if somebody asks for more money. So I guess my question for you and for the whole crowd, and you can comment in the comment section, too, is NIL really positive for sports and for college athletics? Yeah, I think it is. Um, ultimately, I think at the end of the day, it's kind of a, you know, it's it's part of the the society that we kind of live in. You know what I mean? You want to pay, uh, you want to like you said, you want to get paid for your face, pretty much for right. your name being out there. Um, you know, I think it's a little deeper than you know just you know than than you know people getting paid for their name, their image, and likeness. I think ultimately, I think um, the amount of money that these players bring in for these universities. Um, you know, I'll tell you right now, you know, from Clemson, you know, these players, I mean, their faces, their names was thrown around, thrown out everywhere. We brought in Clemson is a small town in South yeah. Carolina, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. tiny, you know what I'm saying? It's every university, pretty much. It's just the university. The university has more, has a bigger population than the town itself. You know what I mean? Um, and they add to the, uh, to the statistics, but every other Saturday, you got 80-something thousand people packed into uh, Memorial Stadium. You know what I'm saying? And they're not doing that to come see me. They're not doing that to come see you. They're not doing that to come see their kids. They're doing that to come see these athletes go out there and play football. You know what I'm saying? That's what they come in there for. And so I feel like those, the people that bring in the month, the most money should be making the money. You know what I'm saying? Um, I agree with what you said about, you know, with, with, you know, Dabo's comments, I think sometimes he says things that, you know, <laughs> they just get taken a certain way. Um, yeah. And he and he, he just sounds yeah, a certain way. The internet hates Dabo, so that's that's yeah. bad. He, yeah. he sounds a certain way when he says it. You know, it, it just sounds so, it almost, it sounds wrong. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, it do. It's yeah. Just, it does. Know, I think, I think he says certain things loudly, but then quietly he does other things that make you say, oh, this is what he meant by that. You know what I mean? Right. But ultimately, um, like I said, I think players do need to get paid for what they bring to the university. Now, in terms of, you know, are they getting paid adequately? You know, you know, me and you talked about this a little bit, but, you know, it's your, you know, suppose your left tackle is the best player on your team, but your quarterback is the face of the team. Who's getting paid? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, are you, is your offensive line getting paid, you know, for their name, image, and likeness? Is they, are they getting paid, you know, enough? You know what I mean? It's like you got some kind of some guys, for example, you know, not to throw nobody name out there, but Dakota's Crawford, right? Mm-hmm. Is he getting paid because of his name? It sounds cool, or is he getting paid because he's an actual good football player? You right. know what I'm saying? I feel like there's, I feel like there's levels to it, to where, you know, I think ultimately, you know, in the society that we live in, it could lead to some kind of maybe jealousy, maybe not. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know um, the ins and outs of, of football and and you know, how the team feels about it. But, you know, I just wonder, like, you know, if it was me, if I was, you know, a thousand yard wide receiver, really cool, 
you know what I'm saying, like a really good player, probably the best player on the team, but my name was John Smith, but I and I'm making, you know, 300K from off the NIL deal or something like that. But I see my man, Dakotas Crawford, making 2 million, and he only had 500 yards last season. Like, you know, hold on now. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, why? Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like I, I had the game win the touchdown. I did all this for the team. My man right there, like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? So I just, you know, I, I worry about this, that that kind of stuff. Um, I know a lot of people, their minds don't work that way. Um, I, I'm, I figure, you know, in a football environment when you're working with a team and, you know, everybody's so selfless, uh, I their, their minds probably don't work that way. But I just feel like sometimes a problem might arise when something like that happens. So ultimately, I think it's good. But um, I think there's certain, you know, I think, you know, the ins and outs of it can be can be dangerous, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Like I said, that's kind of where I stand with it. And this kind of goes off the NIL to transfer portal because that was another thing that Lane Kiffin talked about too yeah. this week that he said he just doesn't like. He really doesn't care for the the whole, you know, transfer portal thing and how kids are abusing the transfer portal and stuff like that. So I want to kind of get your take on that too because um, for me, I think the transfer portal is good. Now, mm-hmm. granted, I do think there needs to be some limitations on the transfer portal a little bit. Because it yeah. shouldn't be guys jumping in the transfer portal every other week. Every like, year. oh, yeah, I, yeah. School, I don't like it. Let me leave. Like, there yeah. needs to be a one-time transfer rule. Once you transfer that one time, it needs to be capiche. Like, yeah. you got if you do decide to transfer again, you got to sit out a year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, now, granted, these coaches, and this is why I do agree with having the portal, these coaches are able to just jet out and leave at any time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you can't sit up there and and most of the time these kids are not committing to schools anymore. They're committing to coaches and relationships yeah. they have built within recruiting. So now with this NIL and the transfer portal and all that, they should be able to have the choice to leave if their coaches are coached that they're really close with or whatever case may be, leave. They should have that option. Don't get me wrong. But every single year, like I, the dude, I think he plays for Tennessee now and I'm trying to slander him. Brew McCoy, I think was his name. He was like in the transfer portal for Texas, USC. I think he did a double back. He went to USC originally, transferred to Texas, and went back to USC again. And now he's at Tennessee, I think, as a grad transfer. Like, that's too much, bro. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. That's too much transferring, bro. Like, that needs to be it on the transfers. Like, one, he shouldn't even been able to go back to USC again. Yeah. Like, that's too much. So I do think there's some abuse in it that is happening, and I think the NCAA is going to have to figure that out. But they're scared because that lawsuit that they got put on them last year, they don't even want to touch nothing at this point. Yeah, I think ultimately, like you said, I think, you know, if you, when you get recruited, you know, there should be some kind of rule that says if your coaches leave, then if your coach leaves, then you can leave. You know what you I'm saying? You can leave, right. Like, exactly. I, think, I think, and I think when they do that, for example, so like, my man right here uh, said, you know, about Dion when he left Jackson State. Like, I feel like everybody that was on Jackson State roster um, that, that came into, they, yeah, they should be able to leave when they, if they came in with, uh, you know, if, they, if Dion recruited them, right, right. They should be able to get up. And they should be able to leave, go to another school, go to his school, wherever, with no, uh, no waiting period, no sitting out, none of that. Right. Like, you should be able to go automatic. And I think, your first transfer, transfer. I agree. If you transfer, like you know, whenever, wherever, your first time shouldn't be no waiting period. You should absolutely be allowed to transfer, right? Um, 
But once you get into your second time, once you get into your third time, you shouldn't, it should be two transfers max. You shouldn't be able to transfer three times because you only got four years in college. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, you should get two transfers. One, you go wherever you want to. And then the second one, maybe you lose a, a year of eligibility, you know, depending on what's going on. Maybe there's a reason for it. You know, I think I think the reasoning that it should be more relaxed, right? Like, let's say you're just transferring because you're not getting playing time. You probably probably need a waiting period if this is your second transfer. But let's right. say you transferring because your grandma got sick. Are you transferring because, you know what I'm saying, because you just had a baby or something like that and you need to be closer to home? Let's say you're transferring because, you know, whatever the reason may be, if there's a legitimate right. reason, then, yeah, absolutely, you should you should be able to transfer no waiting times, right? But And I think there is a rule for that right now. Yeah, um, But it, they, need to, they need to be more relaxed because I think I remember, you probably know the story more than I do, but I think there was a kid who tried to transfer because his grandma did get sick. He tried to transfer to a new university, but the NCAA told him that he had to wait. Uh, he had to sit out yep. a year or whatever. Good old um, Ford. I remember from Illinois. His, yeah. uh, I think his mom or his dad had got cancer or something like mm-hmm. that. And um, and prayers up to him. He was at Georgia and wanted to transfer back to Illinois or either other way around, I think. Mm-hmm. This was a couple years back, and NCAA denied him. Or was it Luke yeah. Price? His name was either Luke Price or Luke Four, but I definitely remember he was at Illinois. He yeah. was either at Georgia or at Illinois, and he was trying to move back to whatever school it was to be close to his mom or whoever was sick. So, yeah, I remember that yeah. story. Yeah, it's. I think, like you said, I think the transfer portal, Um, ultimately, I see it, to me, I see it worse in college basketball, to be honest with you. Yeah. I've seen a lot. Of transfers in college basketball, and, not, and they've been transferring for years. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I think ultimately, I think you know, sports. We always say it, it's a microcosm of society. People should be allowed to get up and move it when you know wherever they need to. If there, if there's a better opportunity elsewhere, then go. You know what I'm saying? Like you should absolutely have the opportunity. I think about regular, uh, you know, just students with that that aren't athletes. We right. can transfer wherever we want wherever. to, and right. we ain't got we ain't got to sit out a year or nothing, right? right. We just got to exactly. our, our credits transfer, but we ain't got to sit out no year. So I feel like the athletes should be able to do that. Um, I think if you're transferring, so like let's say you graduated, mm-hmm. you get one graduate transfer, you shouldn't get no extra year eligibility or nothing like right. that after you know after that or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. once you graduated, especially if you just doing it for sports. Yeah, like you you get your transfer out the way and that's it for you. But I feel like some players, you know, especially with exceptions, medical exceptions, whatever it may be, um, they should be able to transfer when when needed. But yeah. ultimately, I think about what uh, Tyran Matthew said it in a tweet uh, a couple months ago. He was saying, like, a lot of kids basically running from the grind, right? They don't want to sit back. Like Matt Matthew said he that he sat behind, I think, Mo Claiborne or somebody, and he said he waited his turn at LSU to get his shot. Um, but that does I don't think that works for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Right. Some people are promised playing time early. Some people are promised playing time often. Right. And I think if you if your coach or if your program isn't um isn't uh going in on that promise then you should absolutely get your shot to get up and leave and go find yeah. a better opportunity. Yeah, no I hundred percent agree with that man. You spot on I- I pretty much agree with everything you said on that one. And that should be the restrictions, honestly. 
Um, yeah. I did want to go ahead and kind of move into another subject before we get to the Steph Curry subject. I was thinking about this last night, and this is kind of like a fun subject, and then we'll jump into the Steph Curry thing real shortly. Um, we obviously are building a platform here. We're obviously building, you know, the Cam and T show. We're taking it on the road next week in Spartanburg. It should be a blast. I was thinking about it last night, man. We're going to eventually start bringing people on here and interviewing yeah. them and stuff like that. Who would be your dream interview? Like, once this thing blows up or whatever the case may be, who would be your dream interview to get on this podcast with us? Man. Um, for us, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I think Bryce Young would probably be mine, to be honest with you. Um, just, just, you know, <laughs> it's just, uh, in terms of, you know, this is a new era in Carolina. This is a yeah. new era, you know, for us, for me and you. Um, so I think Bryce Young would be great uh like a great um you know uh guest honestly just to just to see his thoughts about the nfl you know how he's adjusting from alabama to uh to to the carolinas and and really just you know just his whole mindset and you know kind of his goals and things like that just to you know just to see where he's at yeah what about you i think, I think for me man i think cam newton would be mine yeah like that would be my dream interview man i think cam newton is such a good guy. Um, and he just seems like a real relatable type of brother that I really could just sit down and not even just talk about. I mean, he's my for one, he's my favorite football player of all time. So that mm -hmm. that's bad. And secondly, man, like he just seems so relatable and so easy to talk to and so easy to understand. I think Cam Newton would be my dream interview to bring onto this platform. And he, he, it just really seems like he's just a good dude to talk to, a good dude to chop it up yeah. with. And he's gonna keep it real with you. Um, yeah. So in my opinion, I don't know why I was thinking about this last night, but I think that would probably be my dream interview would be Cam Newton. To have yeah. him on here would be like, that would make my life for real. Like, cause that's somebody yeah. I looked up to, you know what I'm saying? And, right. and respected and respected what he did for me as a young, you know, when I was in Charlotte, you know, when he got drafted, I was in the ninth, no, I was in the 11th grade. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. I was in 11th grade when he got drafted. So to see a guy like Cam kind of come from a similar environment than me and then, like, become who he was and become the face of the Panthers and stuff like that, and really at that time kind of become the face of Charlotte, um, yeah. you know, I, I think it would be definitely dope to interview him. Like, that, I think that would be dope. Like, that would probably be my dream interview. I got a couple other ones, dream ones, too. Yeah. Like, Dabo Sweeney is another one. Yeah, I would that'd be another one. Sit yeah. down. And just talk to like I feel like Dabo is so misunderstood. Like everybody I talk to that knows him, black, white, Asian, it don't matter. They say he's amazing. Like mm -hmm. it, I would love to sit down and talk to him too. Like Dabo would be another dream interview for me as well. Um, so yeah, bro, I definitely would. I definitely would. That's kind of my dream. If I don't know why I was thinking about this, but like I said, I just wanted to bring it up yeah. real quick. But that's no, I, definitely, I get it, man. I get it for yeah. sure. I think yeah, we got in the months of, of July, too. So I yeah, was just trying man. to bring something up. But yeah, yeah, I think Cam Newton will probably be my number one dream interview. I think Dabo will probably be my number two. And I would probably say, like, somebody legendary. Like, I would probably say somebody like maybe like a Stephen A. Smith or something like that. Like, somebody that oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably would put yeah. him number three on my list of people like I would want to interview. Like, Cause yeah. I think it would be fun, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Um, yeah. let me transition over to Steph Curry. He dropped this documentary um called uh Underrated 
on Apple TV and it's out now. I think it just came out. And a lot of people were slandering him. Like, how is he underrated? He come from money and, and, and you know, his dad was in the, the NBA and he had all the resources to become great. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I feel like this is kind of sports related. This is kind of not sports related because I do think there is a side of us regular humans that just make regular money that we kind of shun upon rich people. Like we almost kind of like somewhat treat them less as humans. Like that's just kind of not all of us, but most people do when you have Mm -hmm. money. And I kind of feel like when you really look at Steph Curry's career, he kind of is underrated. I mean, Mm -hmm. even though he did now, y'all are correct. He had the resources to become what he's became today. His dad was in the NBA. He lived in the richest part of Charlotte. I'm from Charlotte. He lived in the richest area of Charlotte. He had all the trainers he could have to make himself better. None of that is a lie. But I remember Steph Curry and my dad and my mom was probably watching this. I remember when we used to go watch him play at this Dale Curry tournament every year, uh, Christmas time. And he was scrawny. He was like not even six. He was like five, seven, 130 pounds, which is why he didn't have any offers. He had one offer, and that was to Davidson, where he ended up going and becoming a legend. And he was scrawny. I remember sometimes he used to actually come to my neighborhood because Dale would want to rough him up a little bit. He would go to Wingate Park. A lot of people from Charlotte know that part. Wingate Park, he would come out there and drop 40 on folks. Steph Curry at the age of like 15, 16, I'm only like nine, eight at this time. So I'm watching him drop 40 on some of my big homies. Like he going crazy. And I do think Steph is underrated. I do think he fits that mold because Steph was scrawny, small. The ball was almost heavier than him at times, it seemed like. And I just seen a lot of slander on him yesterday that I just didn't really appreciate. Like, did he come from money? Yes, he did. Absolutely. Steph Curry overcame injuries. He had injury problems, something bad in college. And then in the pros, it got worse with the ankle. Um, You know, Steph was scrawny. Like I said, he had to get in that gym and work because he really was a small guy, bro. Like I'm going to pull up a picture and show y'all how small he was. Like He was small when he was at Charlotte Christian. Small. He put in the work. He had one offer. That was Davidson. That was it. Nobody else was offering him. To me, to come from that to where he is now, people prop he is the greatest three-point shooter of all time. And a lot of people say he's a top 10 player of all time. To come from scrawny to where he is now, to me, he deserves to be named underrated, in my opinion. And yeah. even said best, he revolutionized, he revolutionized the three in the in the league, in, in the world, really. Like Everybody now wants to pull up and hit a three now because of Steph. He just changed the game. So I want to talk about that briefly. I do feel like, you know, he is, he should be, his story kind of should be considered like an underdog story. That's yeah. in my personal opinion. I agree. I think, um, you know, I, I think a lot of it, like you said, you know, when, when people, when we see people every day on TV or on social media or whatever, we forget like that, you know, they have, what they did, you know what I'm saying? That they're human right. too, and that they have they have lives or whatever. And people think that they know people uh just based off of what they see. But ultimately, you know, I think when we when we're talking about uh Steph Curry, you know, people forget that before what 2014, nobody was talking about him like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like before, like I remember my first 
I guess, experience of Steph Curry was my Nuggets were, I believe we were third in the West. The Warriors were the sixth seed, and they knocked us, knocked us out the playoffs round one. This was uh, 2012, 13, I think it was that year. Um, yeah. And I remember saying, like, I was like, dang, that's a good team. They're going to be something. I didn't know they was going to be what they ended up becoming. The game, but, right. Yeah, but I was like, they're going to be they gonna be somebody. And, um, and obviously Steph was that guy. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people forget that Steph wasn't always – Steph, I know he's been Steph for 10 years, but he always he hasn't always been this greatest of all time shooter, this, you know, fantastic, you know, whatever you want to call him, ten, top 10 player. He wasn't always right. this way. He worked his way up there. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like in a league where specifically in this time where you got, um, you know, you had Kobe, right? You had uh, now you got LeBron. And, you know, kind of in that transition point where everybody was talking about LeBron, Steph kind of came out of nowhere and ended up becoming, you know, now is LeBron and Steph's era, right? This their era. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I think ultimately when it comes to the underrated aspect, you know, who who could think about that? You know, just seeing Steph Curry on the TV as a kid, you know, three, four years old, sitting at his dad's game in Charlotte, who would have ever thought that he would become, you know, is, first and foremost – yeah, first and foremost, who would ever thought he would be better than his dad was all the time? And who would have thought that he would be, you know, one of the 10 best players to ever lace him up in the NBA? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think ultimately his story, yes, he came from an NBA family, from his father. Yes, I, you know, I we understand that. Like, he had right. the resources, you know, maybe he did have a silver spoon or something like that. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? But ultimately, he worked hard to get to where he is. He had one offer, like you said, to Davidson. Um, and I mean he just he just transcended every um everything that ever came to him. Also, you you like you said, you forget people forget that Steph was considered a scrawny guy, you know, yeah. especially early on in his days. You know, a lot of people talked about his defense, a lot of people talked about athleticism, a lot of people talked about his injury history. He overcame all that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, you know, while underrated, you know, might not be the right term to encapsulate his, you know, him right now, his over the course of his whole life and career, he probably felt like he was a little bit underrated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he probably still feels that way, honestly, because you, you could really make an argument that Steph, you know, is, like I say, I think a, a lot of people have him in the top team. You can make the argument that he wanted a goats. You know what I mean? Right. If you, if you really wanted to make the argument, you probably could. So, you know, I feel like he probably, you know, I don't know who named it so or, or, or documentary or whatever, but, he probably he has every right to feel like he's underrated over the course of his life and his career. So, I agree. You know, ultimately, ultimately, I you know I agree with everything you said. Um, and I think you know, like I said, people online they get on there and they just you know want to talk about certain people that have certain things or whatever or or are rich or whatever. But right. you know, ultimately, you know, his story is a is an underdog story still. I I, I agree. I agree hundred percent, man. I mean, I think like I said from being nine or 10 years old, seven years old, whatever I was at Wingate Park and seeing this scrawny kid that was only like 16, 15, and, and he was 140 pounds, barely five, yeah. six, to become what he became, you know? Um, it's just tremendous. It's a great story to see, so I'm happy for Steph, and I do think 
he deserves that underrated title. You know, not now, of course, because, you know, he's top 10 player, I think, of all time. But yeah. in the course of his career, yeah. He went from Davidson to being – he went from zero stars, at, <laughs> you know, Charlotte Christian getting recruited to top 10 player in the NBA. That's underrated, yeah. brother. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no other way to really put that. That's an underrated, true underrated story. So I am happy for stuff. I did want to just point that out real quickly. I just didn't agree with a lot of people saying, oh, well, he was rich and his dad, ooh, I just didn't – I didn't like that, bro. I just feel yeah. like that discredits what he actually did and what he actually built. So that's right. why I would bring that up. But let's jump into our last segment of the day, the fun part of the day. We're jumping into our – y'all know how we do it at the end of the week. Our draft, we are drafting our top five running backs in the NFL going into the 2023 season right now. I won last week, so we're going to go ahead and start with me went getting the first pick overall, and then we'll go to Cam, and then back and forth we go. And that's how we're going to do it. So this is going into 2023. So this is who we think is the best running backs going into 2023. Y'all know the deal. Once I take a person, Cam can no longer take this person. So let's go ahead and jump into it. So as my number one pick is in today, top five running back, number one pick overall in my running back draft, I have San Francisco 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey. Here's why I take him number one. Christian McCaffrey, you've seen once he changed places and left Carolina and met, left Matt Rule, he became the dynamic uh, freakazoid that he was in Carolina when he first came, he turned the clock back pretty much. You see, he didn't get injured like that. He stayed healthy. He he was going off. He was a vital part to that offense in their playoff run and up into the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey is my best running back in the NFL right now. Book it. Yeah, I like that, man. I ain't going to lie. I thought you was going to go somewhere else with that, that top pick. But, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, man, for sure. Um, I think he's still in the conversation for best running back in the league. You know, when healthy, I don't think – really, I don't think anybody else has that skill set that he has. Um, and that's why sure. I took him number one, bro, because yeah, I know sure. ain't nobody in the league do what he's doing right now. He's catching the ball out the backfield. He's making people miss. He can run ground and pound if you need him to. Once he gets an open space, it's curtains. I, yeah. I had to take him number one. His talent is unlimited. Yep, I agree, man. Um, well, with my first pick, man, um, this probably going to be a wild card. You know what I'm saying? Um, but your I'm number one Nick, pick? My number one pick, man. I'm going to take Nick Chubb. I like okay, Nick Chubb, man. I think, uh, I think Nick Chubb, when it comes to just running the football, I think he's probably the best in the league right now. Um, I know the Cleveland Browns have a pretty good team around him, really good offensive line. But Chubb, man, he always get the job done. Um, relatively healthy player. Um, I feel like he was – you know, in terms of Georgia running backs, he's probably one of the best in history. Um, yeah. I feel like he was underrated coming out, especially going into the draft. Um, for him to get drafted behind uh, Sony Michelle was always crazy to me. But um, Chubb, man, I, I think he's the best running back in the game right now. So he's my top pick. Yeah, that's that's a tremendous pick, bro. I was definitely battling between those two, uh, Chubb and CMC. That's really kind of where I was heading. At my yeah. number two pick overall, I will be taking Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans running back. Yes, has he taken a little bit of a step back? Yes, but you know what? Who cares? This guy is an absolute stud. He's going to run people over. He's going to get 1,000 yards every single season just about if he stays healthy. That's just where it is. 
honestly, you really could have made an argument for him still being number one. I feel yeah. like I have two number ones now on my board, so I'm taking Derrick Henry at number two. Yeah, respect, man. I think I really think that's probably the best top three you could possibly have. Yeah, I mean, um, right. Derrick Henry, like he's he's he is. I ain't gonna lie, he's still probably one of my favorite players in the league. I just sometimes I go on uh, YouTube and just look up his stiff arm highlights. Yeah, just amazing, bro. Um. But my number two pick, man, I'm going to take the man of the hour. I got Saquon Barkley, man. Ooh, um, I think, okay. Yeah, I think Barkley, when healthy, I think he's still one of the top running backs in the league. I think he's probably, again, Derrick Henry, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Chubb. I think Barkley's right there in that conversation with him. I think he's a franchise-carrying running back. Um, Like I said, when fully healthy, um, Barkley, I mean, he led the league in rushing as a rookie, so – I mean, he he just kind of hit the ground running, and um, yeah, I got Barkley, man, with my second pick. Man, you got me sweating this round. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, you might get your first dub this week. <laughs> I ain't no cap, man. You might you might get your first dub. At coming hot, three, man. Yeah, you coming in high. I'm not gonna lie. My number three overall pick is best running back in the league. Number three overall, I have Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs had a tremendous season last year. He had 1,600-plus rushing yards last year. I think he was averaging like four yards a carry last year. He was an absolute stud. I think he's going to be just as good this year because he's going to be mad about his whole contract situation. I have Josh Jacobs as my number three pick overall. I love it, man. I love it. Um, My third pick, I'm really battling between two dudes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm going to go with – Austin Eckler with my third pick. Ooh, Los Angeles okay. Chargers running back. Um, okay. Eckler is a guy who, you know, he's he's obviously a great running back. He can run the ball. But when it comes to receiving out of the backfield, I think he's probably the best running back in the league that can do that. Um, him and Christian McCaffrey will probably be the top two. Eckler is just a touchdown machine, um, yards, all of that. The, the Chargers offense, it really does kind of run through Eckler if you really look at it. Um, he can do – everything um you know it's a shame you know with this contract situation that they're not paying him because when you look at touchdowns over the last few years it's always austin eckler um you know in terms of fantasy football you, you really can't go wrong with austin eckler either so uh give me him as my my top as my uh number three running back man i ain't gonna lie brother you cooking man. I, I like what you got going on. Austin Eckler, too, he gives you a different dynamic as far as he can catch the ball, too, um, yeah. which I like that about him. So I definitely, I like that. That's a good pick, man. At number four overall, I'm going to take Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. Now, I know last mm. year he battled some injuries, but he's going to get over that 1,000 yards. I think last year was the first time he didn't get to 1,000 yards because of the injuries. I'm taking Jonathan Taylor as my number four. I think he's going to bounce back this year. I think he's going to be able to really run the ball now even more with Anthony Richardson. They're probably going to run a lot of, like, read option and stuff. I think I'm going to take him at number four as my running back. Love it, man. Um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, again, like you said, injuries kind of hindered him last year, but um, – Push come to show, he's still one of the better running backs in the league. So yeah, I love it. Um, with my fourth pick, this guy's looking for a team right now, but I got Dalvin Cook, man. I think Dalvin uh, Cook really. Yeah. I think Dalvin Cook, man. He yeah. again, I like guys that can do it all. And Dalvin Cook, you know, let's you know, let's not even look at his college tape because when it comes to college, he's probably 
one of the best running backs in conference history, probably in college history, to be honest with you. But in the NFL, man, he's always been good. Uh, thousand yards, you know what I'm saying? Good receiver out of the backfield, touchdown machine. Um, you know, I hope he finds a, a good home. Um, I think a lot of teams could use somebody with his skill set. I look for the Buffalo Bills might get the Cook brothers, both of them on the same team. Um, yeah. So I think Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in the league. So I got him as my my fourth pick. That's a great pick, bro. Not going to lie. You're really nailing it right now. I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. You are cooking this time. At number five, my number five pick overall running back last pick. This guy is super slept on. I feel like nobody talks about him. He had 1,200 yards running last year. Give me Aaron Jones, man. I think yep. Aaron Jones is extremely underrated. He doesn't get talked about enough. And now since there's no more, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to be running the ball even more. Yep. In Green Bay. I could see him really busting onto the scenes a lot this year. Give me Aaron Jones had 1,100 plus yards last year. That's who I'm rocking with. He averaged 5.3 a carry, and I, I'm excited to see what he does this year. So that's my top five. Yeah, I love it, man. Aaron Jones, man, he, like you said, underrated. In terms of underrated backs, got to be him, bro, because nobody yeah. talks about He's He's, without a doubt, a top 10 running back in the league, but nobody talks Absolutely. about him like that. Absolutely. Um. So I love it. Man, my number five pick, I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to turn some heads on this one. Um, I know you love this player. I love this player. Um, I was really deciding between two, but I'm going to go with this guy because he's younger, and I think he's a younger version of the other guy that I was going to pick. But I got Travis Etienne with yeah, my fifth pick. I knew, man. I knew you were um, going to do that. I, you <laughs> yeah. do that. I got Travis Etienne with my fifth pick. I was going between him that's and Alex. That's not horrible, That's not yeah. horrible. A lot of people might yeah. slander you for this when this comes out, but that's really not horrible. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. When you – when you look at ETN's numbers last year, man, 1,200 yards, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was his first season coming off a, a Liz Frank injury. Um, and uh, ETN, man, he's just a dynamic game changer. Receiving out the backfield, running the ball, he's slippery, he's elusive, he's fast. I mean, he's really the perfect running back. You there, there's He really has no knock in his game that you can say, oh, well, he's not good at this, he's not good at that. Travis ETN can do it all. He can block. Um, I mean, he's just – I think he's going to be a top five running back this season coming up. So give me Travis Etienne. Look out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and he's my number five pick. That's not a horrible pick, bro. I know a lot of people might slam you for that last pick. I don't think that's a horrible pick at all. Yeah. Uh, this is going into the 2023 season. We're not yeah. really talking about, you know, this is what's going to happen. I wouldn't even be mad yeah. if you would be John Robinson in there. I wouldn't yeah, even yeah. because he's definitely on my list. So yeah. this is how the draft breaks down. So I took Christian McCaffrey at number one. I took Derrick Henry at number two. At number three, um, excuse me, hold on, let me, this thing froze upon me. So at three, mm -hmm. I took Josh Jacobs at four. I, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so let me start over. So at one, I took... Christian McCaffrey. At two, I took Derrick Henry. At three, I took Josh Jacobs. At four, I took Jonathan Taylor. And at five, I took Aaron uh, Aaron Jones. And then for your top five, which I think your top five, I, that's a pretty good top five, too. I think your top five was pretty good, too. At one, you took Nick Chubb. A lot of people will say he probably is the best running back. Him and Christian McCaffrey, 1A, 1B. 
Then at number mm-hmm. two, you took um, who did you take at number two again? So I got I had Saquon Barkley at two. Yeah. And then um I read mine. So I had so my my top five. So I had Nick Chubb at mm-hmm. one. I took Barkley at two. Yeah. I think I took Eckler at three. Eckler at three. Took, That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I took Dalvin Cook at four, and then I took Travis Etienne with my fifth pick. That's that's a good five, bro. That's a good five. I'm not going to lie, man. We're going to put this up on YouTube, Twitter. Uh, you know, y'all can get in the comments now. TikTok, we're going to put this everywhere, and we're going to see who won. Uh, but this was a good one, man. Uh, Ethan just gave me the edge. Hey, man, Ken, don't let me go 3-0, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. Oh, you be 3-0 hey. or 4-0? This will be 3-0. It's 3-0, 3-0. Everybody say I give it a T. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ken. looking pretty, bro. Cook, bro. It ain't looking pretty, bro. It ain't, ain't looking pretty. pretty. It's, it's a close hey. one, though. It's a close one. Yeah. I feel like the other ones, like, I completely kind of blew you out the water. I ain't going to yeah. lie. But this one was close. I'm not going to lie. So we definitely yeah. – Gonna, gonna see, we're gonna post it up on uh Twitter and stuff like that, probably tomorrow or tonight or something like that. But we're gonna post this up and see who won. Once again, man, great episode, great podcast. Y'all, next week we will not be on, but we will be in Spartanburg. You will still be having content for us. Please follow us on YouTube. Um, link is in all our bios at this point. Y'all should know where to go to get it. Um, and yeah, man, TikTok, we're gonna be on that as well. Link is in the bio for that. Instagram link is in the bio, but we're gonna not be on the audio, so we won't be streaming next week. But we will be creating content at Spartanburg for Panthers, um, you know, training camp next Saturday. So we're really excited about that. Um, we'll be out there. Feel free to come up and talk to us, feel free to come, you know, talk to us and stuff like that. If you want to get on camera, hey, let's get you on camera. We'll go ahead and put you on TikTok. Yeah, don't, don't run, run from us. Yeah, I'm, coming, not... I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming for a few of y'all now. I'm letting yeah, y'all know. Yeah, don't yeah. Run. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, don't man. Run. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be posting stuff on, on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube next week. Uh, but we will not be having this podcast next week. So I just want everybody to know that. Uh, but yeah, man, we will be at the training camp days next Saturday um in um Spartanburg. So definitely feel free to pull up on us. Feel free if you want to get on camera. You know, I know some people are not comfortable with being on camera. That's fine. Um, but if you are, feel free. We will film, and we're going to ask you questions, and we're going to have a good time. So definitely pull up if you want to. It's up to y'all. Uh, but we definitely going to be creating content next week, but we just will not be doing this next week. We'll be back doing this the week after. So I just want to let that be clear again. So why everybody will be like, oh, why y'all ain't on the podcast this week? Um, Cause it's like it's getting to a point now where people are actually checking for us, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is good. That's a good thing. Like I had yeah. somebody like, "Oh, when y'all gonna tune in?" I was like, "Dang, y'all actually yeah. checking for us." So that's great. We're excited. We we love that y'all are checking for us. So I'm letting y'all know now that next week we'll be in Spartanburg Saturday, filming a lot of content, and that's pretty much gonna be it for the week. We'll just be filming content from that, and we'll go from there. But Cam, once again, brother, great podcast, man. Appreciate you as always, man. Um, and we're going to continue to grow, y'all. Continue to sh- shout us out. Continue to share our stuff on YouTube. I just told y'all we got like 10 people that followed us this week. That is huge for us. We are new. We're just starting this thing. So any follower we can take, we will take. You know what I'm saying? So please feel free to follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. And follow us on TikTok and all the other social medias, man. We really greatly appreciate it, man. Malik, our guy here, said the podcast is fire, man. 
appreciate you, brother. Um, definitely appreciate that love and support, and we be needing it. You know what I'm saying? So definitely just yeah. thank y'all once again. We appreciate y'all. Cam, did you want to say anything before we sign out? Man, appreciate it. As always, man, y'all already know, man. Uh, we love it. Love y'all. Thank you for yeah. uh, you know for listening. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We uh we'll be back. Yes, sir. We'll back. Most definitely. Yeah, we definitely excited about it, man. So and like I said, once football season comes in, we'll definitely we'll be tuning up a lot. Uh we'll be getting special guests on here. We just kind of want to establish ourselves first a little bit, and then we're gonna start getting special guests on here probably come football season, which is right around mm -hmm. the corner, maybe even right before football season. So we're super excited. Thank y'all for all the love and support. And we will see y'all, really, if you're going to be in Spartanburg, we'll see you next Saturday. But if not, we'll see you in two weeks, man. Peace, love, and happiness to all y'all. And thank y'all for tuning in.